my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Welcome, everybody, to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast brought to you by Beach Commute. Today, you've got Jeff and Marissa. Marissa, how you doing? What's up? I'm good. It sounded like you were about to forget your name for a second when you just introduced us. <laughs> like we've got. Have you ever done that? Here. Oh yeah. I don't. I'm sure. I don't I think I've. I don't think I've ever forgotten my name. God, that would be a new one, wouldn't it? You were about to, but either way, how are you doing? I don't Jeff? think I was. I think that was. I think you had a misread of the situation. Just a little pause. That would have been there funny. A little though. pause before the names. You're like, who's who's on this call? <laughs> You know, I didn't get a whole lot of sleep last night. It's it's totally within the realm of possibility. And then I just completely forgot that it happened. <laughs> you might actually be right. Fair enough. Doing good. Where are you? I actually just got back. I've been in Nepal for the past couple of weeks, which was an interesting and epic experience. It's a place I've wanted to go for a long time, but it was really hard travel. So I left Sri Lanka, which was, if you've listened to our other podcast, my really happy, really like wonderful beach place that I loved. And Nepal was the mountains and trekking and a lot of stimulation and there's a lot of pollution more there. So it was, it was one of those harder countries actually, but it, it still had some magic and it was really amazing. But yeah, what about you? Where are you too? It's funny. Every time I hear a review that starts with, it was interesting. You, you <laughs> start thinking, oh, that's, that's being really polite about a place. <laughs> Somebody called me out of that recently. It's like, they asked me how something like, was. I'm all interesting. It was interesting. It was interesting. <laughs> right. And they're like, "Oh, you hated it." I'm like, "No, I didn't hate it. It's just mixed. It's all it, yeah." Interesting always means mixed, doesn't it? Interesting. And to be fair, when we were there, there was this really intense pollution that's not normally there. Mm. Like, I have some friends who are still there who have posted pictures from it yesterday, and it was like the most beautiful, clear mountain and lakes. And we were there. We went on this like four or five day trek that was supposed to be like the most epic, beautiful things. You're seeing the most tallest mountains in the world, like capped with snow. And we'd wake up in these towns, in these villages in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, there was so much smog. We would look out and our guide was like, so here's a picture of what it should. He would show us a picture and he would look out and be like, this is what you should see. And you literally couldn't see anything beyond like. I don't know, a hundred feet of where you were staying. Like you couldn't see a mountain and there was beautiful mountains there. So that definitely, you know, sometimes, Ooh. sometimes that happens when you travel and you get weird fluke experiences and weather and it's not always yeah. glamorous. You, you track for five days and we didn't see a mountain until like the last morning we left pretty much. And I was like, ah, this is beautiful, <laughs> but it, <laughs> it was hard. It was hard. So anyway, yeah. I had no idea it was like that. Like what? Pollution or uh, that, beautiful that mountains? Could, yeah, that, that you would... Well, actually, I don't know anything about it, really. The only thing I know about Nepal is I've got a few friends, maybe like six friends that have been there, and 100% yeah. of them have gotten horrible food poisoning. Ah, well, 100% of our... Well, one person in our group, if you want to call it someone. <laughs> so our friend Rachel, who was on the podcast uh, several weeks ago, a month ago, who knows? But yeah, she got... We can talk about it some later, but she got really bad food poisoning as well. So your uh, your accuracy there is correct. <laughs> <laughs> That'll, that's going to fit into our topic today. Yes, uh, so, I'll give you a story yeah, on that. Today, we're going to be talking about the four biggest highs and lows of being a digital <laughs> nomad. So... 
we're going to do it back and forth. We don't we don't want to depress you with the end of the podcast being four lows right in a row and saying <laughs> waving goodbye <laughs> into the sunset. So we're going to do uh, one I'll, I'll one thing it. that we chose as like an ultimate high that we've experienced yeah. as being the digital nomad, and then we'll counter that with a low. <laughs> But we're not gonna we're not gonna just be like oh this part sucks about being a digital nomad. We'll talk no. about like why it's a low and then some things that we've done to like make that okay and yeah. not make it so so terrible. So yeah. we'll go back and forth and uh, yeah. Let's, why don't we just get us started with the first? Tell me the first high. Yes. So of the being first high. Nomad. Yeah. So this is sort of the reason I became a digital nomad, I would say. It was what I thought was going to be the most epic thing and has been one of the most epic things. But that is just seeing the most incredible things in the world. I don't know if you have a better title or way to say that. Do you have a different way to say it? No, you're good. All right, cool. So number one, yeah, the highs is this is the quintessential why people think they want to travel, why you may think you want to travel. It's why I thought I wanted to travel. And it has continued to be one of the reasons, not the only I had. There's a lot of surprising highs that I never expected. But this this one remained throughout like my expectations of travel and what it has been. And as a digital nomad, so I guess I'll, I'll say the reason I became a nomad was because, or just tried to find ways to travel more, was I took a sabbatical from work for about two months when I was working at Pepsi. This was back in 2014. And I just was, um, I, I took some time to travel. I went to five different countries. I went to like Greece, Israel, Turkey, Brazil, Peru, maybe Costa Rica, so six, and uh, Cyprus as well, seven, we'll call it. So from there, I, I got the travel bug. It was one of those things where I thought I'd sort of check some boxes, see the world and be done. And I realized that the more I traveled, the more I would meet people or learn of other places where they're like, there's so many other epic things to see in the world. And I realized if I only had two weeks of vacation, which is what I had at the time in my corporate job, all of those epic things in the world that I wanted. So in the past, you know, year alone, call it, I have been, I just was, you know, saw the highest mountains in the world in Nepal, you know, kind of on the morning that I saw them, but got to experience Nepal. <laughs> Theoretically, I would have seen them. Through, the, through um, the soup, the smog soup. Through, through the smog. But right before that, I was in Sri Lanka, which I think I only knew several other people who had been there, two of which were on their honeymoon. So I went to this like honeymoon destination on just a normal month of my year. Other than that, you know, I've been in places in Thailand and Bali and Nigeria and Namibia and Argentina, just like Egypt. You know, I've seen, I want to say like five of the seven wonders of the world, but you know, there's so much more. So all of that to say, I think I've now been, I think Nepal was my 78th country. So if I look back on that, like I would probably be at, I don't know, like 15 countries or something, maybe if I was lucky, if I had never started nomading, I don't know. But the point the is, like, you get to see, yeah, uh, one vacation yeah. a year. So you just get to see more of the world. So what's what's your take on that, Jeff? It's one of those things where the expectation is accurate. It's not one of those, <laughs> like, oh, this yeah. is a surprise thing. It's like, a lot of people get into being a digital nomad, like you said, because they want to see the world and they want to see things that and experience things in a way where it's not like just using their two weeks of vacation. That's exactly yeah. what happens. That is that is dead on accurate. So when you become a digital nomad, you're going to see the coolest places in the world. Like that's, there's no surprise to it. So yeah, I, th I think that one's, I think it's kind of an easy one. And yeah, for me, it's, I, I actually didn't get into being a digital nomad because of that. Mine is bullet like number three or four that we're going to get to. <laughs> yeah, but it also wasn't a surprise. And yeah, since then, I've found new places around the world. 
I travel a little bit different than some nomads. Like I like going back to certain places because <laughs> when I get to certain places, it feels like a second or third home, just kind of like my soul has been there, like different generations in the past. And I get home, I get there and I'm like, oh, this is a new home to me. And like yeah. having different little hubs around the world that I can get to and just like relax and be like, oh, I'm in a new home on the other side of the planet. Actually, it kind of felt that way in South Africa. And yeah. I there's a, an app that you can use to see where the opposite side of the world is from wherever oh, you're standing cool. at any given point. If you drill you a hole the name straight of the app? through, no, no. I'll, <laughs> when you're talking next, I'll, I'll Google it. Cool. And I'll set it up. If you drill a hole straight through the earth from where I'm at right now in Northern California, you would pop out in Cape Town, South Africa. Really? So it's, Ooh, it's exactly that, on the opposite. Eerie, Jeff. Isn't that a trip? Wow. Yeah. It's, um, it's like the, Maybe that's why you felt so at home or away from I don't know. That's kind of cool, though. That, cool to think about. It is pretty cool, yeah. These experiences with just day-to-day stuff uh, and being yeah. able to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go experience something else on a whim that's not planned. That not planned aspect of seeing the world is so yeah. freaking cool. It's so freaking yeah. cool. And it's it's only available, you know, by doing this kind of thing. Yeah. And Cape Town, I would say, is like one of the most visually stunning places oh in the world. I feel like if you want to see some incredible things, you just walk out of any door, building, yeah. restaurant, home you're in in Cape Town and you're just looking at the most incredible view. It's just the best thing that I can compare it to is like any Disney movie that takes part <laughs> place in Africa. You see all these like all these colors from the sunsets and you look at it like, oh, that's Disney. It's right. not. It's Africa. It's Africa. Like, Africa. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many countries in Africa. Colors. Yeah. I feel that. I felt that way like in Namibia and Kenya. Where yeah. else? Have I been? Like in Nigeria. Like you see the sunsets there and you're like, this is not real. It's, it's no, amazing. It's not. It's like these colors don't even exist in nature. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. Well. Number one for our one of our biggest lows of nomad life. Ooh. Uh, we've got mental exhaustion. Well, you know what? Yes. Now we wrote down mental exhaustion, but I'm gonna actually say physical exhaustion as well. We could probably okay. fit into that too. Because yes. travel just, just getting on and off. In general. <laughs> just exhaustion in general. Yeah. I'm gonna give my piece on this, but it's so fresh for you right now. I want, <laughs> yes, I want you to I'm gonna yield the floor to you so that you can walk through everybody how exhausted you are and why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You start. You start with yours. For me, the exhaustion comes from using your brain so often to figure out things that you don't normally have to figure out. So yeah. what I mean by that is when you're at home, you're not digital nomading, uh, you know where the grocery store is and you're not putting in any mental effort into figuring out where do I need to go shopping, how do I get there, how do I get back, all of these decisions that you make throughout the day add up and the more decisions you make the less brain power you have like at the end of the day you only have so many decisions that you can make before you run out of like if you can if your mind is a computer you're just like running out of ram basically and that happens <laughs> a lot when you're digital nomad making all these yeah. decisions might little micro decisions they're not even big ones but they just yeah. add up over time and you just start to run out of mental energy to do some of the stuff that you really want to do. Like it could just be talking and you're just like, <laughs> you're, just, you're just melting. You're like, I've, I'm running yeah, out. Got nothing I, left I, to say. <laughs> I got nothing left. Yeah. yeah. And it could be to the detriment of your work too. You're just yeah. like, I've used all my mental energy on trying to figure out 
where the gym is, where the grocery store is, all that kind of stuff. And it just, um, yeah, you just kind of you burn out your CPU, especially when you land in a new place. It gets a little better over the next few weeks, but yeah, I mean, CPU like cost per unit. What is what does that stand for? What is CPU? <laughs> CPU computer computer oh. processing unit. Have you I never heard know. of a CPU? I don't know. <laughs> I was like cost per unit. Get what out of here! You're messing with me. <laughs> no, I've never used that abbreviation. But there you go. <laughs> I, I love finding the things that you haven't heard of before on podcasts. <laughs> I feel like there's one every single time. We are, <laughs> yes, burning those computer units in our brain. But um, yeah, I think you've said it all really well. And and just to give a caveat, because I feel like we, we haven't even really talked about why we're, we're doing this episode of the highs and lows. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, we hope that you know that we're the place you come to get the highs and the lows of nomad life. I think a lot of people talk about, especially on, on Instagram or social media, you really often only see like, here's the good parts of travel and nomad life. And we are all about that. Obviously we've chosen this for our lives. We have built a business and a podcast and everything around helping you become a digital nomad. So we fully believe in it, but we like to talk about the real aspects of, of travel and life in general and the hard parts as well. So just to, to give a caveat of why we're, we're sharing both the highs and, and the real lows that we go through as well. So as Jeff said, um, this, this is near and dear to my heart right now because I have been doing some fast travel for the past, I want to like several months. I've just, I guess since January, I've been doing a lot. I was in Costa Rica. I did six weeks in Mexico, which I was doing this like a hundred hour dance training thing. So I was just like exhausting myself there, uh, flew to Sri Lanka straight from there. Um, and was actually moving around a lot within Sri Lanka just to go to some different places with a friend. Um, and then flew to Nepal on a whim, <laughs> like kind of booked it last minute, was moving, like we went on a train ride in Sri Lanka. So I was moving every day before probably four or five days in a row before I left to Nepal, where I was also moving every other day or so, and then literally trekking, moving my body every day, and then also trying to work and get things done. And then I actually, um, my grandmother passed away while I was in Nepal and I ended up coming home last minute. So it has been a whirlwind for me. So I'm kind of fresh off when we're talking about episodes to record today. I was like, this is what I want to talk about because, because it's real, right? I, and you'll, you'll hear the highs from me, but the lows are hard too. So for me, just as everything came, I was really, really exhausted from moving so much. So there are ways to combat this, right? We have what we call slow matting, which is kind of what a lot of us are doing, who have been doing this life for a long time, have switched to um, you know, you can have your own definition, but a lot of our friends are now staying two months, three months, four months, five months, six months in different places because of everything that Jeff talked about, which is getting in a new place is exhausting saying like, where do I get my money? Can I pay in this currency? Like, does this ATM work? Is it safe to use this ATM? How do I get around? What do I eat? Where do I eat? Where do I buy food from? How do I exercise? What is it safe? You know, all of these things just kind of wear on you. And it's also the beauty of, of travel, right? It's also what I love about travel and learning and pushing myself and growing. So it's, it's both a high and a low. And then also um, something Jeff is really good at that I think you'll seeing me do a lot more of as we move forward is going back to the same places to combat that as well. Because when I go to, you know, Playa del Carmen is one of those places for me where I've been, you know, maybe five or six times now. So when I go back, I know how to get around. I know my food. I know my ATMs. I know my gym. It's like you're eliminating a lot of those decisions, even though it's a little bit harder than maybe just living in your own country. So all of that to say, 
yeah, I think definitely one of the lows or the harder parts of nomad life is just dealing with that mental and physical exhaustion and getting to places now where you're like, all right, I got to take a break or slow down or go home or chill or whatever it is that you need to do. But it's, it's a hard part for sure. Yeah. It's, it's good to talk about this because if we didn't, this would be a full blown bait and switch. Like everything is perfect. <laughs> Everything's Instagram. It's not like you should yeah. know, you should yeah. know that some of this stuff is, is going to be tough, you know, figuring out what you need to do to get on a flight to a new country with your visa stamp, with your, whatever the newest COVID regulations are. It's <laughs> yes. exhausting. It's tiring. Yeah. It's not fun. And you'll never see it on my Instagram story. Right. Unless I'm complaining about something. It's not going to be there. It's not, <laughs> yeah, it's not it's what not shows up. It's not fun stuff to share. Yeah. It's not the fun exactly. stuff. But I do like that you mentioned that it helps you grow because you, you really mm-hmm. only grow in these situations where you're, where you're pushing yourself um, into, you know, areas where you're, you're not so comfortable. And you'll yeah. never get those second homes. You'll never get your Playa del Carmen without they're going yeah. without going there the first time. So you yeah. have to go through that phase and you then you start building these places that you really love to go and you feel like, okay, cool. I I want to go. I feel like going to Playa del Carmen, <laughs> Carmen for Carmen. two months. Any <laughs> Karma. Pa- Playa del Carmen. <laughs> Do you I have like any that. karma coming in Playa del Carmen? I'm sure I do. I'm sure I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it was... it's a really it's a really good point though. And I think so much I've been talking with a lot <laughs> of friends about be that now. Playa, Playa del, del Carmen. Karma. <laughs> it's the place of karma. The beach of karma. Um, oh, the beach of karma. So good. But even with that, it's interesting. I was thinking about, I was talking recently with someone about like, as a lot of us are, are starting to slow down, I was like, is it an age thing? Because I think when I was a lot younger or when I first started out, I could, ah. I could travel so much faster. And it's not an age because I was talking with someone who was maybe like 10 years older than me. But it's really just a matter of like, when you first start, you kind of have, at least I did and most people, it's like you have more, like, you have all this excitement and you're ready to go, go, go. And maybe you haven't had the freedom and you haven't seen a lot of places. Mm-hmm. So you have that like pent up energy to go and see a lot. And you might go through phases where then you pull back and then you go again. But to me, like I just have had such a desire to see again, all of these countries in the world and see the places and get the data points. And I feel like I've now learned like where I do love and where I don't love and what I like to do and what I don't like to do. And it took pushing myself and mentally and physically exhausting myself um, to figure that out. But I'm also, again, like you prioritize rest and you learn to rest when you need to and slow down or go home or do things in between. So you're never locked in. But yeah, it's something, Mm -hmm. as Jeff said, like you should know going into it, prepare yourself that it's not like it's not like vacation where you are not working at the same time and it's totally easy. It's like you're you're doing a lot. You still are doing your full-time job. And I guess, you know, we'll get into number two of some work stuff after this, but it's it's different than just vacation. And so it's it's yeah. worth it if yeah. it's something that calls to you, but know that like you gotta learn to protect yourself and, and you just wear out and you're gonna be tired in different ways. So I think we've covered that low pretty well. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think maybe, maybe maybe too well. Let's let's bring them back maybe up with well. bullet yes. point number two for the highs, uh, which would be off. yeah, unexpected experiences. We're going to take a quick pause right there to tell you about our remote travel jobs daily. Are you currently looking for a job that's going to allow you to become a digital nomad and work and travel around the world? We've well, got exactly what you're looking for. Every week, as part of our free plan, we handpick two jobs that are perfect for becoming a digital nomad that allow you to work and travel around the world while you're doing it. 
That's two jobs per week for free. We also have a premium plan in which we send out two hand-picked jobs that are also perfect for becoming a digital nomad every single day, Monday through Friday. So that's 40 hand-picked jobs by us that are ideal for becoming a digital nomad. So make sure you take a look at these two plans. It is beachcommute.com slash travel jobs. That's beachcommute.com backslash travel jobs. All the details will be there. What do we mean by unexpected experiences? So what, what would be an expected experience? So you go to a new place and you've got all of the things in your checkbox that you want to do, right? You go to yeah. this country and you, you know that you want to go see this mountain, uh, you know that you want to go to these restaurants and all that kind of stuff. But it's the stuff that pops up that you never planned on that yeah. makes you feel like, oh my God, I'm getting either a super cultural experience. I'm getting something super niche that people haven't heard of. You're, you're getting a true life experience that you really didn't expect to get. A good example would be when I was in Cape Town and I got that opportunity to go on that uh, full week-long hike. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I didn't even, I did, first, I didn't know that existed. <laughs> Second, I hadn't even, you know, thought about doing something like that. Um, but having gone on that, it's like, oh my God, just looking back, it's one of those experiences where a lot of people would plan out for a year and it's actually booked a year in advance and I just kind of slid right in. These kind of things, no way would that be available to me. Uh, right. Well, it would be available to me, but I'd have to use vacation time. You didn't time, know like it existed. Or no, I didn't know it existed. Able, when the opportunity presented itself, you would have been like, oh, wait, oh, sorry, no. I have a flight home. I can't go, you know, or I've no, got all this yeah. other stuff planned that I'm not going to say no to. So you've got to do those things because of your nomad life. Great point. I would have, I would have had obligations. I would have had my return flight and I wouldn't have been able to say mm -hmm. yes. Um, yeah. but I was in a situation where I'm like, why not? You know, I'm now yeah. working for myself. I had to move two meetings the next week. <laughs> that was, that was the biggest stressor that and finding a sleeping bag. Uh, and <laughs> that was it. That was it. You yeah. know, like these stressors are starting to go away little by little by little. And it opens up your ability to say yes to things all the time. Being able to say yes yeah. to things results in these super cool experiences. Um, and it happens yeah. It happens all the time. You know, the night before, yeah. I got a call, hey, take off tomorrow because we're going to go hike up Lion's Head. It's like, okay, cool. Unexpected, right. awesome, and like an epic lifetime type of thing that you think about. Honestly, yeah. that's, oh, God. If I'm glad that we're not ranking this list of highs because... <laughs> They're all so, they're all so good. And that one, that one is so, so freaking high for me. Yeah. Um, I'll give a couple of examples, but first just to share, I think it's something that I didn't expect of nomad life. Like mine was really all about number one for travel, which was like, I just want to see the things that I think I'm supposed to see. Like, let me see the pyramids in Egypt. Let me see like this mountain. Let me go yeah, to this, check, check, check. you know, <laughs> check, check, check the top five things you're supposed to do. But it's usually always the most unexpected things that become the most amazing things. And like Jeff said, they've, they've really always been because I've been, I've had the freedom to say yes, because I'm, it's just unexpected and I'm there and I can in ways that I never would have put myself in this situation to just on normal vacation. So before 
you know, I was like, okay, day one, we do this day two, we should probably see this day three, you know, I want to go here. And there was no room to like meet local people or meet strangers or say yes to new adventures because typically vacations, you have a, you know, a set amount of time. So whether that's, you know, having more time afterwards to do something because you don't have a flight home or again, just like living your everyday life and meeting local people or other people who, who have these experience. So just to give, um, I want to give three quick examples. One was when I was in Mauritius. This was about a year ago. We met some local people there, some guys who were teaching kite surfing, and they did two things. One, they took us to this island. It was like a Saturday night where it was this tiny little island, like off of an island that they knew about and took all of us camping. So we're sleeping under like the most amazing, like famous mountains in, in Mauritius in the middle of the Indian Ocean and Africa. And it's just one of those things I woke up that morning being like, one, I could have never thought, to, I, no one ever had this on any to-do list or research. You couldn't have done it even if I tried. I wouldn't have known who to take me. Um, it was one of those just pinch me moments where I was like, this is only happening because I've chosen to live this life. We also went out and saw like whale. We got to swim with whales, which I didn't even know you could do. It was like a Tuesday morning in Mauritius before work. And I could say yes, because I was there living a nomad life. Similar when I was just in Mexico. So I've been, as I mentioned before, in Playa del Carmen, probably, you know, five or six times. And if you look at a list or even when people ask me where to go, I'm like, you know, you go to, I'm going to you know, name four or five islands or things to do that if you were to Google a list, it's like, these are the places you should go in this area. And because I've done all of those, the last time I was there, I was with a friend and we went to this place that was called El Cuyo. I think I've talked about it before, but it was this tiny little town. Um, I think a random stranger I met in Mexico told, like, showed me a picture and I was like, where is this? I want to go. And because I had the freedom as a nomad, I was like, let's go here next weekend. Like I would have prioritized every other place on the, you know, quote to-do list above that. But I went because of that. So those are just a couple of, of examples mm. of the things like you could never imagine. You couldn't plan. You didn't know about. You wouldn't have found or wouldn't have had time to. And it really, really genuinely is. I could name one of those in every single country I've ever been to as a nomad that are always my like my most top favorite memories, the coolest memories, the coolest places. And they're also cool because not everyone's doing them. So there's something to be said for that as well. It's so empowering to be able to do that. It really, really yeah. is. To be able to say, oh, there's nothing holding me back. You know, I, was, yeah. I was sitting in Cape Town. I was like, <laughs> my biggest problem that I had from getting from Cape Town to home was I didn't want to go on the long flight. So I said, I, I messaged my friend who lives in Austria. I said, hey, do you want to meet me in Belgium? So I've, I've written to our audience <laughs> showing pictures of my, my trip to Belgium. But it's just yeah. uh, the only reason I went to Belgium is because I didn't want to take a long <laughs> flight. So I told I my friend, do, <laughs> do you want to go drink beer with me in Belgium? It's so unexpected. And because she's also a digital nomad as well, her and her wife, they're like, yeah, let's do it. You know, and amazing. I was like, oh my god! And and I messaged some people at home. It's so stark that this is—it's so in your face how hard it is for people who aren't digital nomads to do mm. this. I say, hey, do you want to meet me in Belgium? Yeah. And I forget that these people aren't digital nomads. They're like, what? No, I can't do that. <laughs> like in two weeks? Are you out of your mind? I was like, oh, actually, it's in like two days. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't even two weeks. But it's just, it's just so empowering to be able to. Yeah. And I think that's the way it should be. You know, we've got yeah. very little time here. You should be able to see as much as you want to be able to see. 
and and say yes to, to those last them. minute adventures, yeah. right? If somebody asks you, if you're listening, right, and someone asks you, maybe Jeff will ask you to go to Belgium on a whim in two days, you can say yes. And yeah. we joke, uh, the so girls, cool. the friends that I was just with in Nepal and Sri Lanka, we had a friend, one of them we invited a year ago to come to Namibia with us like three days before. We had also booked a flight yeah. last minute. We're like, we're going to Namibia. Do you want to come? And she had just been through a breakup and she was like, uh, yeah. So we always joke. We're like, want to go to Africa on Friday? There's like these little memes mm-hmm. that... It's like, who's, who does that? And we're like, that's us. And anyway, we all had some pretty hard travel experiences the last two months. So we're like, maybe you tell us no next time we ask you. But only as a joke. It's, it's always the most epic experiences. But it's the same when we asked her again. We're like, do you want to meet us in Sri Lanka next week? And she was just like, yeah, yeah, I do. And that's, was that, that's how was that Rachel? Was that, that was Rachel. Yeah. yeah. Was Rachel? That was Rachel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's a but then Nepal, such a great yeah. hang. Both of us yes. are like, if you need if you need a yes out of somebody, me or <laughs> me or Rachel. If, if you need a yes out of somebody, it's me or Rachel. And like, uh, but that's pretty common in the digital nomad community. Most people, yes. are just like, yeah, but yes, you know I want to do it. People who are even what more yeses, yeah. and we'll we'll definitely come like within two days' notice. So we love you, Rachel. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, I feel like that's pretty good for number two. Should we move on to number two of Let's the lows? Bring it back down. Bring bring down the energy. Bring it a back down bit. to real life. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What's number I'm like two convincing for the lows? myself of all the highs again. I'm forget. I'm forgetting the lows. This is what happens in our brain. It's good. Um, it's okay. Good. Yeah, so number two, the next low, we, we hinted at this a little bit, but one of the other lows, and this is really important because we do talk a lot about work and career on this podcast. It's something that's really important to us, but your work productivity, you know, can and does go down in ways um, if and when you're not careful. So with this, it kind of, I think it's, it's almost like as a result of number one that we talked about for the low, which is that mental exhaustion yeah. and decision we'll fatigue put. and just having to make all of these other choices. As a result, your, like, if you think, I like to, to think about your brain as sort of like a battery or Jeff as our CPU is whatever you want to call it. But if you only have, let's say you have a hundred units, he's like, this is a real thing. Marissa. How is that new let's just say this is new, new. Cause I know it is cost per unit for marketing. <laughs> we come from a different world. Um, no, we don't regardless, whatever it is. <laughs> that's true. You're also in marketing brand marketing. I don't know. I come from like consumer packaged goods. Maybe that's why regardless. If say, let's, I like to think about my brain or like my body as an, as an iPhone battery, right? You know how your, your battery like drains over the day. And I don't know, sometimes like if you're in a place where it's like using tons of things or something weird happens with your software or whatever, it like drains quicker. And to me, it's almost like that's kind of how nomad life is, um, especially and mostly when you're in a brand new place. And when you first get to somewhere, it's like all of that mental capacity is used towards making just like those really simple everyday decisions. So your brain just simply just doesn't have as much to go into work. So, of course, there are ways to combat this. We talked about slowing down, staying in a place longer, you know, then you, you, you get your routine and you can work or just saying like, Hey, I'm, I'm ordering food in every single day, or I'm going to go out Sunday and get everything I need. And I'm not going to leave my apartment, even though I'm in this cool new place for a week because I need to get work done. But regardless, your work productivity can go down. And it's actually one of the reasons I'm excited to be back for a little bit. Cause there's so much stuff I want to do with work and beach commute that when I was like bopping around Sri Lanka and Nepal really quickly, which I hadn't anticipated doing. I, I said, yes, <laughs> I'm a yes person to a lot when it's fun experiences, but I was, you know, like hiking and moving around a lot and trying to find food and doing this. And I was like, I simply don't, I, you know, I had the time to get the bare minimum done, but it was really hard for me to create and do all of these new things I really wanted to be doing for, you know, for you as our listener. So there's times where I too slow down or go home or do things in order to 
have a better work output again. So it's not to say you can't work. And there's definitely ways like, I think about employees too, you don't have to be at 100% every time. Like if you can give your 70% and that's good enough, you can find ways to still be able to do your seven. You know, we've Jeff and I have been traveling and, and Diego as well for, you know, six, seven, eight years. And we're still, you know, Jeff is still like got promoted to CMO while doing that. So it's not to say you can't work and you can't be productive, but you've got to be really mindful of it. And there's times where it takes a slip if you're not careful. Yeah. And we also it. wanted to, we wanted to note that this is a very situational type of low. It can go both ways. And Marissa wanted to made a note mm, of that before we even had this Thank conversation on the podcast. <laughs> because it can be you can be more productive when you're mm, in the right mm, yes. energy, the right atmosphere. And that's that's really, really true of me. And it's it's a big reason why I like to work with other people. Like whenever I go to a coffee shop, I, I message the whole group. I'm like, come work with me because I, I like the energy. <laughs> I like the I like the buzz of people working on stuff around me because it keeps me in that atmosphere, it keeps me in that headspace of like, let's get stuff done. Uh, but it can so yeah. easily go in the opposite directions. And and we talk about this quite a bit, like it's digital nomad life is kind of one of extremes. And one of the extremes yeah. can be super non-productivity. And it could be really impacted by what we just talked about, these unexpected experiences. Like it can take away from your productivity if you start like veering off the path a little bit. If like you say... You want to go out to dinner four nights in a row, your productivity is probably going to suffer a little bit because, you know, maybe you woke up a little bit late. Maybe your routine's getting thrown off a little bit. Um, all these yeah. things can impact that and it can start stacking up pretty quickly. So it's it's something that I I know I always have to keep a really close eye on because with all of the things that are going on and all the things that you just talked about, it doesn't take much just to throw you off balance a little bit because productivity a lot of times is about having a solid routine, you know, like it's yeah. your brain is trained to be productive at, you know, certain hours when you like working like for you, you're I'm sure there's a few afternoon hours <laughs> where you're like, I know I'm going to knock. I'm going to be good in these hours. I'm going to have to work. Yeah. And, and for me, it's in the morning. So if, if I stayed out a little too late and I start a little late, it kind of throws off the all the gears and it's just kind of. Yeah. It, yeah. And it can really it can really throw things off. So it's it's definitely something to watch out for because it's it can teeter totter really, really rapidly from one <laughs> end to another. Yeah. Can it? I'm really glad you, you reminded me of what I said in the beginning and I'd already forgotten, which is that it can also be the opposite. Like that low can also be uh, work can be more productive in ways too. And there were several, I think sometimes like when you travel, sometimes I'm just in a more inspirational place or because I take time off and like have time to think and not be working, working, working or Sri Lanka was just a really magical, inspirational place for me. And I was in a yoga class, which I literally never do. I don't usually do yoga. And I was laying there at the end of the class. And I just had this download for like this thing I wanted to launch, you know, for Beach Commute for you guys that I probably never would have thought of. And then when I was hiking in the mountains, I was just like thinking about it in ways that I don't give myself time to. So there's ways that travel can make you more productive. Or like you said, I was in Mexico around some guys who were just really hard workers. And I was in the same room, like living and working with them. I was like, yeah, like they're working 10 hours. Like I'm gonna keep on working too. And, and like you said, being around people, like, you know, we started this company together because we met while traveling and we had different strengths and skills. And you and I used to like jam on business ideas before we started this together. You would help me with SEO stuff, or I would help you with coaching stuff. And so you know, there are ways that it can, it can be the opposite, but it's just, yeah, definitely just something to be mindful of. And 
learning to say no is a really, <laughs> a really important thing that Jeff and I were joking about. Like we, we say yes a lot, but <laughs> in the right times you, you know, you, you, you said no to. a lot of last year, Jeff, like as you were kind of building some new things and focusing yeah. on work. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to go full on nomad and travel and adventure and full on work. So you kind of find ways to balance both. And I, I think it really is just all about a balance. Yeah. It, and it takes a little bit of time for everybody to figure out what that balance is. Usually it starts yeah. off going straight into yes to every experience. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you realize, yeah. oh my God, I, unsustainable, right? And then, you know, yes. over, over a few months, few years, you really start to figure out what works best for you. That Absolutely. one wasn't such a low. That wasn't too bad. We didn't oh, get. I know. Look at us. So depressing us. on that one. All right. <laughs> let's, let's take it back up. Let's talk about number, I think we're on number three for the highs. And, yes. uh, Ooh, man. Like I said, I'm having a hard time choosing. I'm going to let you do this one. It's one of your favorites. Uh, Freedom. They're also good. But this is like the reason you become, oh, this is number three. All right. Freedom. Mm. Yeah. It's it's not a situation. There can be situations where you really, really feel it, but it's just kind of a general air about it. It's like you're just feeling it all the time when you're digital nomad. And I think the best way, the the best thing that sums it up for me is booking one-way flights. I really, really feel <laughs> my freedom when I know I'm, uh, yeah. and I only book one-way flights because yeah. I know that means uh, I can go anywhere else on a whim, right? The only thing that I'm really locked into is however long I booked that Airbnb because I don't, even then you can still leave. You just don't want to waste a bunch of days in the Airbnb, but that's the only thing you're actually really locked into. And yeah. just having that in your mind, knowing that, I can go anywhere in the world on a on a whim. It's amazing. Yeah. It's it's so amazing. And we, we kind of covered it in point number one, the freedom to like go on these unexpected experiences. That there's a little bit of overlap there for sure. But like what we're really talking about is just this general atmosphere of I am free to do whatever I want, go wherever I want on a whim. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading, I forget what book I was even reading recently, but it it talked a lot about like it's talking about happiness and that people feel the happiest when you have the freedom over your time and day. And I would kind of like extend this to your geographical, you know, freedom as well. We've talked about kind of like the layers of freedom where at first it's like you're still working for someone and maybe you have to work the same time and hours, but you can be anywhere in the world. And then maybe you want more freedom mm. to say, I want to find a job where I can work, you know, as long as I get my work done, I can work any hours. So I get to work when I want. And then it's like, maybe I want the freedom to work on what I want. So there's all these levels of freedom that I feel like when people kind of come into nomad life, you're starting with geographical freedom and you see all these people have even like you kind of move in your life to even more and more and more freedom to financial freedom where you really can can do anything anytime anywhere but i think at the core of it this is something you and diego and i are all and i think most nomads most people who would come digital nomads really value in their life is is that freedom and there's there's so many different levels of it but i wholeheartedly agree like when i think back to my days at pepsi and i was sitting at my computer like googling all the places i wanted to go in the world and being like all right i've got these you know if i want to go home for christmas really i've got these seven days left to travel and like this is the one place i want to go this year but then i'd look at like 10 other places and i was like how am i gonna how am i gonna see all the world you know 
And I remember back in the day, so I was, I was engaged. I was going to get married. We're going to quit our jobs and travel the world for six months together. That was our plan. I ended up leaving that um, engagement. If you haven't heard that story, but I remember even thinking about that six months and then thinking like I made, we were looking at this map and it was like all these beaches and islands I wanted to see in Asia and like the South Pacific and still feeling so limited. Cause I was like, I've got to fit all into these six months before I have to go home for like the rest of my life. Right. This is before I knew digital nomad life existed. And so now it's just thinking of the freedom of like, I, I have the freedom to see the world. I have the freedom to say yes to new experiences, to go anywhere, to get to any country that I really want to get to for, for the most part. And so it's definitely one of the highs and I would say one of the biggest benefits because everything else kind of comes, you could argue that like you, you have the freedom to see the incredible things. You have the freedom to have those experiences, right? It really all starts, but just feeling so free in this way really is mm. one of the greatest experiences of, of my life and allows you to do so many more things. Well, well put, well put. Oh, and I found, we wanted to figure out where the opposite part of the world was. Oh yeah. Uh, that, it's, it's called, uh, it's spelled A-N-T-I-P-O-D-E-S, antipode. Antipods? Antipodes? Yeah, whatever. A-N-T-I-P-O-D-E-S map. Oh, And I just did yours, and you are in between, right in between Madagascar and Australia in the middle of the ocean. This makes so much sense to me. You get no land, unfortunately. It says, most likely the ocean, watch out for sharks. Sounds right. Our friend Kevin jokes, so I'm from Atlanta, but he always says he calls me Atlantis because I'm like, I love the ocean and the beach and like being in the water so much. So maybe there's but like a land down Atlantis. below. <laughs> yeah, it might be Atlantis yeah. down below there. But I've been dying to get to Madagascar. I was going to go after Mauritius, but it was closed during COVID at the time. We couldn't fly Ooh, there from. Cool one. I know. I'll get there at Ooh, some point, but like I love that. that area. All right. Well, let's go to Ma- I, Maybe we can have like a, a business session in uh, Madagascar. Me and Diego can I want to do, <laughs> I, I do want to do Africa again next year for winter, uh, their summer. Mm-hmm. And because I want to do, I want to do Namibia. I also want to do the gorilla trekking, yeah. that whole you thing. Because apparently yeah. that's, I, I kind of just miss it because apparently it was getting into the rainy season and I was ready uh, to go home fair. anyways. But I figure if I go a little earlier next year, could do that early and then madagascar could be part of that trek that would be super well, cool sign me up already <laughs> yeah sounds good doesn't it yes. and this is so rare for me to plan anything more than like six weeks in advance. i know look at you these are all tentative we're like yeah theoretically we'll get there when we get yeah, there <laughs> every everything's tentative with the digital nomad let's go uh yeah this, this one's gonna be a little bit lower mood but <laughs> number three for the lows is that the lows are much lower. They're like yeah. higher magnitude lows when they happen. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk through some examples of that so we get a sense of like what that actually means. I would say, actually, I've got a couple. Yeah, one would be, it can be loneliness. On one hand, it can be one of the most like socially enriching things of your life. You're just surrounded by a lot of really like-minded people and a lot of them will become like best friends for life and you feel so like fulfilled from a like your social battery is fully filled up but when you travel alone it can go the opposite direction really really quick you just don't the only access you have to your friends and family is phone calls and it's just not the same yeah without that physical contact without seeing somebody and feeling their presence around you sometimes you don't even need to speak just having somebody friends around you is good enough to really uh, fulfill you 
for yeah. me, traveling alone is tough. It's and yeah. we've talked about this before in my the mental health podcast before. My brain being alone and having too much time with itself is never a good place. So this <laughs> is super super magnified for me. Yeah, um, have like any mental mental health stuff. If you need to be around people and you don't have that while you're traveling, it really really does get magnified. Uh, that's th- probably my biggest example. What have you got yeah. for this one? I can give a couple examples and yeah, just <clears throat> in general, the talk of it, it's like, I always say to people, like when you travel, the highs are higher, like the highs that you, like, the places experience or things are like the coolest thing in the world. And it's like a thousand times magnified of like any high I could yeah. ever have at home, but the lows are equally, you know, as high as you get high as, as low as, as you have lows in travel. So even just some simple examples, even when you're not alone. Um, so I was with Danielle and Rachel in Sri Lanka and we had been in like the most amazing, we're staying at this kind of like yoga retreat place that Danielle loved and she knew, and it was like the best, you know, most enjoyable week, beautiful place. And then we decided to go stay at this Airbnb afterwards and we didn't really do much research somebody had told us it was like a friend of a friend's place that they knew we're like yeah sure that sounds cool you know knowing us we like probably should have done more but we got there and like the wi-fi was really bad because we hadn't checked it it was like really hard to work the there was only you know there wasn't ac where we needed it which doesn't sound like a big deal but it's super hot there and we were trying to concentrate on work and it was sort of just like dark and we were in this middle of nowhere place where we thought we could drive a tuk-tuk by ourselves long story it's harder than you think we couldn't so we're sort of like stranded in this (laughs) it's another story for the books but we're sort of like stranded in this weird place and like it just wasn't ideal we couldn't really get food the way we needed it was just hard and it was one of those moments where it was like, if I just land in a place like that in Atlanta, I'd be like, okay, cool. I'll just drive my car and go home like tomorrow, mm. whatever. But we were there and it was just, it's hard to explain. It was just one of the, we were also really exhausted and tired. I was kind of sick. And it was just one of those low moments where the three of us were like, I was like, I just want to stop traveling. I'm done. I'm over this. I can't handle anything <laughs> else new anymore. I'm tired. I want to go home. Like it's hard to explain it, but it's just like in those moments where you feel those lows. I, was, I had been like the highest of the high, like the day, like that earlier that day, like travel's the best. I never want to go home. Why would I do anything else? And then that very moment, it was just like such a low, you know, it's, it's a hard to explain moment, but they happen. And it's just, it's sort of like exacerbated when you're in those places where you can't just go home or you can't just go back to the easy place. So that's one quick example. And then another, just another good recent one is when I was in Nepal and my grandmother passed away and it was something that I knew had been coming, you know, for a long time and she had dementia and it was sort of expected, but suddenly I was on the opposite side of, you know, the opposite side of the world as, you know, the other 25 members of, of my extended family and everyone was gathering. And I actually ended up booking a flight home um, that next day to go, to go be there and be at that funeral. But it's something I just couldn't have expected in that moment where if I was home, it would still, you know, it'd still be hard. I'd still have the emotions, but I'd probably be with family and it'd be easier to book a flight and I didn't have to make a lot of choices. And instead, you know, I was supposed to go to Japan for a month and I made a really hard decision to like cancel all of that and fly home. And so, you know, I spent, you know, I was kind of okay when it happened. And the next day I was like, woke up just like crying alone in a hotel room in Nepal being like, I, I got to get home. I want to go home. And I had to, you know, have a 24 hour travel day. So all of this to say things happen and I, you know, I handled it and I'm okay. And I made a great decision and I got there mm. and all the things, but it's like, that was a harder experience than it would have been had I just been home, you know? So it's, it's doable and I still will live this life and do that, but the lows are lower and the highs are higher. And I think in all the coaching that I do, it's, 
I think it's just a really important lesson to learn. There's, there's a theory that says like, as low as you're willing to go is as high as, as you'll experience and vice versa. So because yeah. you know, you're, you're taking Ooh, a risk in life good. to, it's like, you could, it's kind of, I think about, we talked about your, um, you know, being on, on the medication that you're on for, uh, for, you know, depression or OCD where you're kind of numbed in this middle, yeah. you have a narrow band. So you might not mm -hmm. feel the depths of the low, but you also weren't feeling like the, the greatest joys of life. And so I think with nomad life, you're really taking a risk and saying, I'm willing to have these low lows so that I can also experience like the greatest highs you will ever, you know, with, you know, with or without drugs, you can, you know, do those long way. We're not condoning or saying anything, but um, even without it, like you can experience some of the greatest highs in life with, without drugs, if you don't want me without these things um, that I think just are not possible when you don't take risks in this way. In my, in my yeah, it's really well put. It's really well put. Like it's, when you're at home, things are a little bit more safe and, and life's, life can be a little bit more muted, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, you're you watch Netflix just to, <laughs> to drown out whatever. Yeah. You just, you go through the motions and you just stay within that, that narrow safe band. Yeah. And, but when you're traveling, you kind of sometimes don't have that option and you live really fully, you know, your yeah. band is a lot wider and your capability to go low is more than you would <laughs> you expect. Get pretty low. <laughs> yeah. You can get pretty low. And but yeah, yeah like you said, the, it's like you, you never really can appreciate sweet without bitter, you know? Like yeah. you really have to you really have to know what bad is in order yeah. to know what really, really good is. And you really yeah. those good the the good the goods. <laughs> the goods are really, <laughs> really goods. good. My <laughs> good. English is I'm on point. Yeah, my grammar is fantastic today. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, the the good is really, really good. And um, yeah. it's only, I think that's only possible by talking about, by having what we're talking about now, some of these. Yeah. Lows. And there's other ways to push yourself and do things at home. And I also want to say like you and I are not above like going home and watching Netflix when we need to also like recharge Hell and no. rest. And <laughs> like we are, you know, I'm we're home not now. Like, super been home for a month and yeah, no, 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 no. Watch, it's, watch yeah, no it's not like, oh, you need to, I'm not one of those people. It's like, here's the ideal daily routine. <laughs> you have to. Wake yeah. up in the morning and take a nice like no that's that's dumb yeah yeah <laughs> I'm tired there's, of that there's stuff. other ways yeah I will say like sometimes I feel like I get preachy because we love this life so much but like there's there's absolutely other ways to experience extreme highs in life as well but this is one of them for sure so with those yeah. high highs and it, and it comes with low lows is I guess just the point of our nomad life so I feel like we've we've checked that one pretty well so let's move back to. Number four for each. So starting with the the high of number four, you want to kick it off for this one? I feel like it's one of your favorites. Yeah, this one was why I became a digital nomad, and it was actually an unexpected one for yeah. you. It was like an ex yes. unexpected yeah. bonus, a little bit of a yeah. and and that is community, uh, yeah. and like building. I guess that everything that goes into that building relationships, building like almost like a little a little family, and. The reason why I got into this is is uh, was Wi-Fi Tribe, and I was in one of the lows. I was starting to travel alone, and I realized how much I hated it and how bad it was for me because my lows were so much lower now because I was alone and traveling and removed from anything that could alleviate that. Uh, so I saw Wi-Fi Tribe was having a chapter in Medellin. I saw that it was with 20 other people that were going to be kind of similar minded, you know, all these people that 
were curious about the world's world. They were yes people. They were workers as well. And I, I realized I was going to be surrounded by this community uh, of people that were going to be somewhat similar to me. And I was like, oh, yes, that's what I want. And it was everything that I could have wanted. And then 10 times that, you know, like I've, I've made my best friends while traveling. I still tra like people from that first chapter. I still travel with. I met Diego. It was, I think, almost exactly four years ago Aww. in Medellin. Yeah, I think I think it was exactly four years ago in Medellin. Uh, and it was a it was life changing. And for me, I love all of the things we talked about. I love the freedom. I love uh, being able to have unexpected experiences and see all these different places in the world. And I've, I've been able to do all of those things. But for me, this is what really rings true as the top high. For yeah. me, is this community of friends that I ch absolutely cherish. Uh, met them through Wi-Fi tribe, met them through just random people traveling, friends of friends of friends. And they're the best people in the world. And I, I, I can't say enough for this, for this bullet point. Yeah. I love that as well. And like you said, it was kind of the reason you were seeking it out. And to me, it was just like a total accidental surprise. So I was the yeah, opposite where I felt like I had a really amazing community at home. Like I had the most amazing friends and I just happened to want to travel and none of them wanted to do that in the same way with me. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to find other people who maybe are already out there doing it. It was sort of like, yeah, like there'll be people I'll meet along the way and then I'll just, you know, one day go back and have my friends mm -hmm. at home. And so for me, it's been the most wonderful accidental surprise of, I think, yeah, I always tell, I was talking to, um, so our, our tour guide in Nepal was like this amazing, amazing guy who was taking us through these like four or five days of trekking, where, as we mentioned, we couldn't see a mountain. And um, it was like the last day he and I, or one of the end of the days, I think we had literally walked like 25 miles. Like I was injured, I was her, we were walking and you couldn't, you couldn't see a mountain. Like it was literally a joke. And he was talking to me. So I was with Rachel and Danielle. And he was talking to me and he was like, he was like, Marissa, like, this has been such a joy. And there was two other guys who were trekking with us as well, who were just like such a joy. And he told me, he was like, typically, you know, if we had people like this, it would be miserable because like, they'd be unhappy. They would blame us. They wouldn't, you know, obviously they wouldn't be happy not seeing a mountain. They'd be tired. They'd be complaining. And he was like, honestly, you guys are so much fun to be with. Cause we're sitting there like at the top of it, you know, we're so exhausted. You're like hiking up a like literal one of the highest mountains and, you know, we, we get to the top and we're so tired. Instead of complaining, we put on a song and we're like dancing and we're joking and we're laughing. And, you know, you know, Rachel and Danielle, they're very wonderful, like go with the flow people. And I, as I was talking to him, I told him and I said, you know, I, I used to think travel was about seeing the mountain and seeing the places. And I, you know, I don't know if I would have been upset in the past, but, you know, probably I would have been really disappointed. Instead, I've, I've learned that it's the company and the people that you're with that you'll remember and that you care about. And like, those are the people who make a good time out of anything. Um, so all of that to say, like, it's, it's not about the, the places. It's a kind of like a backdrop for the things that can happen and it can raise it, but it's really been mm. just the most incredible people that I've met along the way. And I think it takes a certain type of person who wants to become a digital nomad, who seeks out freedom in life as one of their core values and it is people who think a little bit differently in the world. And so it's been a joy to me to, one, open up, like really expand my network of people beyond just someone who's from my hometown or from my country, to meet people from around the world, to learn from people, to meet people who, you know, help me grow or make me laugh in ways that like I never could, you know, could imagine. And 
it really has like there's friends, you know, people say you come into your life. I love the cliche quotes for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And some of those people I met along the way and just learned a lesson. Maybe it was a reason. I'll remember them forever. Some people it was for a certain season or a couple years or months of, of my travel life. And I will be grateful for those times. And some people are lifetime, you know, friends or friendships or business partners like, you know, Jeff and Diego. Mm-hmm. And um, I really know that some of these people will be my lifelong friends, even, you know, they're people who I voice note and chat with, even when I'm back in Atlanta or home or across the world, like I'm sending 30 minutes of voice notes to them every single day because they're like my people now. So it has been just, I, I think for oh us, God, it's like 30 minutes of voice I notes. I know. So joke. Yeah, it, it is true. Oh. Yeah, I know. Some <laughs> people hate the voice notes it doesn't have to be every day or that long but it, it's people that like I've, I've come to like be real friends it's not just fleeting people and um again maybe travels you know if you're listening to this podcast like you, you are one of us but you know that's not to say these are the only good people in the world like maybe you love golf and you want to find your golfing people or you love you know whatever business and you want to find your business people but if you love freedom and travel like find these people in the world and they'll become your people in the community is it's it's so amazing to meet these like-minded people from all around the world well put it's the it's the best thing for me it's incredible i just thinking yeah. of where my family is all over the world is such a good feeling and then when they your get family all get friends, together like yep, your family of, exactly. of community of travel friends yeah 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 my, my yeah travel family <laughs> and travel then family. when they all come together in one place it's it's just That's an the amazing best. thing it's yeah. it is absolutely the best. Okay, so our last low isn't so bad, so we're not going to leave <laughs> on a terrible note. Like the loneliness, that's a that's a tough one. But the last one that we've got are health issues, and we've both experienced health issues while traveling, and we've addressed yep. it actually in a, in our other podcasts. So why? Let's talk about why it's a low, and then let's talk about why it doesn't need to be such a yeah. low. So why it's a low is it kind of goes back to one of the points that we talked about earlier is the processing power, like the, the unknown of how to deal with stuff. We talked about well, you don't know where your grocery store is and using all this mental energy to figure out how to fix it. That's twice as hard when you're sick or you're injured or something like that because yeah. you have to do the exact same thing. Like I've got, you know, I had an ear infection when I was in Cape Town and that meant, okay, well, I didn't know I had an ear infection. I just knew I <laughs> was in an aquarium. One ear was in an aquarium and the other one wasn't. I couldn't hear. <laughs> so my challenge was, how do I find a doctor? Okay, so there's yeah. mental energy and there's a little bit of stress around that. How do I get to the doctor? More mental energy and stress around that. So that's that's the low is the stress of figuring out how to get the care that you need. The high is that, and we've talked about this many, many times, is a lot of times when you're traveling abroad, it's a lot easier to get healthcare and a lot cheaper than most people expect. And the yeah. quality is a lot higher than most people expect. And that's been the case a hundred times out of a hundred for me when I've had to go <laughs> get care. It's been damn near a hundred too. It's not even, it's not even an accurate. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so going and getting that care for me has been for the most part a breeze. It's been high quality and it's been, um, low cost. So really the the low here um, is not such a low. It's just the energy needed to figure out how to get the care that you need. Yeah, that initial Anything sort you of like stress. Yeah. yeah, I'll just give an example. And I, th- I think that's a great thing because yeah, we've done several episodes about like healthcare and probably like insurance and things like that. And it, as Jeff said, it's I think you said it's better quality and lower cost is sort of 
what we've found in every occasion, really and truly. And I've, I've had the same, and we've given tons of examples. But I want to give it just a very recent example in Nepal that can, that can give this. So it was for Rachel, who we were about to go trekking the next day. We're in this hotel room, and she sends us a text. We were, we're all in different rooms. So we needed our space and our time and our work and whatever. And she was like, I, I didn't know she was even sick. And she was like, I'm really not feeling well. Like, I, I can't even remember what she said. And I was like, do you need anything? Let me know. You know, I didn't really think twice about it. And she didn't answer her text. Like, she just texted this and she didn't answer. So I went down the hall and I, like, knocked on her door. And I was like, Rachel, like, are you okay? And she came, like, the lights were out. She almost, like, couldn't. She was like, I'm so glad you came. She was like, I couldn't even look at my phone. I, I'm like, thank you for coming. I, like, it was really bad. She was... She, and I've seen Rachel sick. I've seen her in some pain. And this was like to a whole nother level that I've, I've never seen. And so I was sitting with her. And like you said, it's that initial fear of like, we don't know where a hospital is. We don't know what she has. We don't know if she's going to be, you know, going to be, I'm sure she'll be okay. But in that moment, I know she got really like, she started like getting kind of that anxiety and that fear and like having trouble breathing because all of a sudden she was like, I've never been in this much pain and I don't know if I'm okay. And I don't know how to get help. I'm like, I was like, do you want to go to a hospital? And she was like, I'm in Nepal. Do we go to a hospital? I don't know. Do you have, you know, health insurance, all this stuff. So it ended up being a, a win, as you said. So I, you know, I called someone, we got, we had someone in the, um, the manager of a hotel called his friend. It was a doctor. He literally like in within 10 minutes came to the hotel. So imagine this. Incredible. So I know Jeff and I are, are pretty US centric. This would never happen in the US. And Danielle, who's from the UK, she was like, this is an impossibility in the UK as well. The most incredible doctor came with an assistant within 10 minutes to our hotel room, gave her like all of like knew exactly what it was, it was from uh, like probably an uncooked chicken and, and some food poisoning, but like had this bacterial infection that came on really quickly gave her all these shots she needed right in a hotel room, all of them, like brought all of the medicine and without insurance, it was 90 us dollars, which would have been, I can't even begin to count. Impossible. Like just the medicine alone would have costed like $1,200 for all that he gave her without even the doctor care. So like Jeff said, it's been a hundred out of a hundred of my experiences as well of like, when you finally get that, ex you know, the care, it's, it's usually better and cheaper than anything we could ever get at home. And, and, you know, with exceptions, of course, of like some, you know, I don't know, some like cancer treatment or research, you know, who knows, but in those moments, like when you need something immediately, um, but it was really, it's that initial stress is just, as Jeff said, which is the low is the scary part when you're just in that first moment before you, you know, there's a solution before you have figured it out. Um, but there's, there always has been a solution. There has always been help and it's always been better. So anyway, that's just a, a good example to sort of wrap it up as well. Wasn't so bad. Our lows, <laughs> not so bad. Everything, everything is totally manageable and yeah. we're still doing it. So the, the highs definitely outweigh the lows, right? So <laughs> our brains and if we, telling us they are. <laughs> Or we're convincing ourselves. We're convincing. Either way, we're doing it. <laughs> Either way, we are where we are now. If there's anything that you think of that is a, a potential low that you might be worried about mm -hmm. when you think about becoming yeah. a digital nomad, write us in. Hello at beachcommute.com. We use your messages as inspiration to do these types of podcasts all the time. So yeah, don't hesitate to write us yeah. in. I think that's it. Anything else, Marissa? Yeah. If you want to get on our email list, we send out some remote job opportunities each week. We send out updates on the podcast. Check it out at beachcommute.com slash email. And other than that, yeah, as Jeff said, write us in hello at beachcommute.com. 
if you want to tell us what anything else that you're curious about, worried about, if you want to, more questions about any of these lows. We really do do a lot of these podcast episodes based on what you've asked. So if you have questions, don't hold back. Let us know. And we're here to help you get a remote job and start traveling the world. So with that, we will see you next week. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you soon.